0: Um, we've seen all your faces, so if you want to turn your video off, that's fine. Um, but it is being it is being recorded and it'll be available later on uh, zenbitchlap.com as well as a video. Um, and just to say that this is a, as they say, it's not an AA meeting, so it's not an all share. So basically, we would sort of encourage you to ask questions about what Paul spoke about, but I'm sure he's not adverse to the, to the,
1: to share. the stories. <laughs> yeah, if
0: you want to share, you can share. So cool. So with that, over to you, Paul. All
2: right, well. Paul H. Alcoholic. Um, Again, what we're speaking, what allows it sort of to make sense, what we say is the basis. So we're we're starting at the exact nature of the wrong and what we're presenting is there's the act of being identified as the thinker, the doer, the feeler, uh, the one who's growing their hair, all like that. And that, that identification is the root of the problem. So, and it leads us somehow, some reason why, I don't even care, but it produces a sense of irritability, restlessness and discontent, which which demands uh, to seek relief. And then basically, we find a way of relief through alcohol or drugs or whatever. And uh, like for me, the alcohol wasn't fast enough, so I moved to drugs so I could immediately feel like I was getting out of me as me. But there's a statement in our community that says self can't get out of self. Now, we may understand that intellectually, but if we're identified as self, we think the first self, that's trying to get out of the second self is Paul or Mary or David or Daz. And so seen from the point of view of Daz and Paul and David, it makes complete sense for Paul to try to get out of self because it's quite uncomfortable. Paul doesn't wanna be thought about all day. Paul doesn't wanna feel like there's something inherently wrong with him and that he has to have a song and dance to keep people away from that big gapping hole. Paul wants to change its feelings. It doesn't wanna feel the way it does. So Paul has a lot of justifications to get out of self. But the dilemma is, Paul is an extension of self. And Paul is doing all these efforts to get out of self as Paul when Paul is seen as self, it makes complete sense that self can't get out of self. It will never make complete sense to Paul. Paul believes it can get out of self. Paul can have, instead of two shots espresso, can have four shots of espresso, and it will change my feelings. Paul thinks it has control and can manage and to do all these things, and yet Its basis is that it's inherently powerless because it's lost its power by losing, by acquiring the sense of self as being Paul. So self can't get out of self, but Paul believes it can get out of self. So what's the solution? This isn't another method of getting out of self because all methods of getting out of self don't inherently work because you always find yourself back in self yeah like for me i thought if i shot coke in my neck which would mean it would get to my brain and my heart as fast as i could possibly deliver it that i would finally transcend or get out of self i did i believed it it was like a religion and it was like a sacrament and i was hoping at least just before i passed away physically i would be free from self i would have that joy of finally being relieved of the bondage of self as Paul, not knowing that Paul was self, having no freaking idea. So I was constantly, constantly caught by that, that statement of self can't get out of self, but the experience was Paul getting out of self. And Paul failed once again to get out of self. So then Paul left addiction and drug addiction and went to spirituality. And then Paul sat on pillows for 13 hours, seven hours on the ass and six hours walking meditation for weeks with the hopes of get Paul once again getting out of self. And yet as soon as I left the retreat center, Paul seemed to regroup self like that, you know, or self started started to regroup. And again, once again, see, the thing is, we recognize the thief of self. We're not recognizing the policeman of self, yeah? We're thinking, oh, now I see it. Now I see self. But you're seeing self from self. That's the bondage. That's when self-knowledge avails you nothing. So you can know you're screwed, but you're still screwed, Yeah? because there's no relief from self as self. And what I'm saying is the root of the disease of alcoholism or what actually alcoholism amplifies is this misidentification. Somehow or another, feeling like I was alive was replaced by a narrative of being the one who's alive. I don't know how, maybe it happened all of a sudden. It seemed to be like a gradual takeover or like Bill Wilson says when we get relief we're gonna outgrow fear we're gonna outgrow these conditions so it seemed like I grew into a certain mental condition where Paul was lost and then uh, a substitute by the mental state called Paul was was the replacement but that Paul was self yeah and I had no freaking idea. So then I'm not liking the feeling of self-obsession and being the only thing that's thought about and feeling like something is really wrong with me, yeah? And I'm not enough, and I can't have viable relationships with other people, and I'm just completely shut down. I'm totally dysfunctional. My emotions are never really appropriate. I can't contact anybody, really. And no one can get through to me because I think... My, the thoughts are mine and no one else has them and the feelings are mine and no one else has felt this way. And what I did, no one else had done. And I was like in a certain, like a cocoon, yeah? A cocoon of self. And I was suffocating in there. And of course, I would do almost anything to try to get out of there and I did. I mean, I, wore, I got on all fours and looked around rugs to see if I found any cocaine on there. And I picked up like lint. I picked up whatever you know. It could have been a finger, a grain of salt, or sugar. And with this incredible longing and hope that it's Coke, and then actually shoot it up. Yeah. I mean that's an insanity. that's, that's pretty. That's a pretty extreme demonstration of something. Yeah. I <laughs> serious. And yet still the next day I would be on that rug again. You know, looking in between the couch or something, fucking unbelievable. So this, I mean, the the drive to get out of me was so potent that if, if I wasn't that me I wanted to get out of, I would have succeeded. I would have. And if it wasn't for the drug addiction, it would have been the spiritual practices. I would have gotten out of self. Unfortunately, it was self trying to get out of self. So how can I be lost and take and, and replace with something else? I'm in the act of being identified as that something else. It's like the lions wearing a sheep outfit and it convinces itself it's a sheep. And then it goes to meetings where people talk about being a lion all fucking night. And it, it resonates, it feels good, but the only way you can understand the message, you're a lion is, I can become like a lion as a sheep. That's the act of being identified as something else, yeah? So the message never gets through to us. It gets taken up by the mental state and made into something, yeah? And we constantly get run into that wall of self, can't get out of self. I mean, I ran into it with, freaking addiction, then I went to spiritual addiction, then back to fucking drug addiction, and it was basically just changing vehicles with the same result. I can't escape from self as self. So maybe we better see, maybe we better start understanding what self is so we can see it isn't us, yeah? And as soon as you see it's not you, the possibility of being free from it becomes available, to be free from it. To be free from the bondage of self. There's no self that's binding us. It's an idea that we're bonded to. We become identified as an idea that we're something that we're not. And we're living from there. And it's unbearable for many of us. So we have to do almost anything to try to get out of it, even if it's for five minutes. And the alcoholic and addict of my type was I was willing to pay any consequence, any consequence tomorrow, not to feel uncomfortable until now. Any consequence. Yeah. So if it had to do with effort, I would have fucking escaped, I'm telling you. I would have escaped long ago from self. Mm. But the thing is, I didn't know something. Without knowing it, I was identified as the problem I was trying to escape. Yeah. And so the problem the problem migrates to the solution and it severely limits the effects of the program of recovery because it's like there's a huge drag against it, yeah? There's not a it not not all of me is signed up to go. There's that resistance. Yeah? And I can't tell the difference between the parasite's thoughts and my thoughts. Yeah? i don't know what counsel i'm taking but i do know whatever possibility that's available through recovery will be severely hampered by the parasite entertaining it to me i see it as a slavery it's just slavery yeah so the bondage of self is a mistaken identity that's the exact nature of the wrong You can agree or disagree. If you disagree, then my view or the view I'm going to share about everything else isn't going to seem solid to you because it's all premised on that idea. The way I see everything else is premised on that idea. Yeah. And I think actually that's how it works. We, we hopefully arrive at the exact nature of the wrong, but then that's the beginning of recovery. If you can get the right diagnosis, then you can expect radical relief. And you will. You will observe it. You will see it. Yeah? And it won't be an intellectual thing. It won't be, I've lived my my affairs completely, so I'm never getting near anything that could tempt me. No. You're a free-range alcoholic, basically. You're freed from the bondage of self. The problem does not exist for you. And truly, truly, the problem has seen not to exist as you. You've seen it as a foreign pathogen or a foreign installment or a parasitical movement. Just seeing it as other is the beginning of relief from it, really. Because if the root of the problem is identification, then the first step is seeing that, what you're identified as, as other than us, yeah? Seeing it as other than us. Maybe it helped when you saw it as a disease, yeah? So alcoholism isn't you, it's a disease that has you, yeah? However you wanna see it, if you're in, if you start hitting the correct view, you're gonna feel some space, yes? You're gonna feel some space between you and that, yeah? You're not gonna feel space as that, but you're gonna feel space from that, yeah? So the whole talks that we go by are all premised on that. I look at the fourth step. The fourth step, to me, one of the ways to see it is taking an inventory on the manifestations of self that has defeated us in our lives, yeah? so that we can see the pattern of the defeat, so we can recognize it before the defeat, yeah? And then when we recognize it before the defeat, we bring it to step six and seven. We go, hey, I'm entirely ready to have this that I've just recognized as other than me reconfigured and I ask that power to do it. That's six and seven, yeah? So you can look at it in a lot of ways, but this is the way we look on it. And then every step is based on this way of looking at it. The third step of turning your will and your life over to the care of a higher power, the first recognition is you, that's already happened. Your life has been turned over to the care of a lower power. <laughs> we have surrendered to a parasite, basically. It's sort it's convinced us it's us, so there hasn't even been a struggle. It just occupied territory, didn't, not one bullet was shot. Yeah, it it just walked in and took over and now we're living under occupied territory. So under that condition, all we can do is make a decision for a different turning one's will over to a different power. Yeah, and then four through nine of the steps of the program reinforce the third step. That's what galvanizes the decision and then the transfer starts to happen perhaps there's a better way trusting something infinite rather than finite self that's the process finite self where is finite self appearing in the mental state yes how is it how is it how is it disguised as your body <laughs> basically When it enters any part of your life, when you see it, you call it me. Yeah? That's the dilemma. It talks to us as us. That's why we're listening. If you were talking to me, I'd fucking turn you off in a minute. Yeah? But me, I've been listening for 60 years. It's the identification, the cherishing of the self. That is the source, the petri dish of all the bondage. Yeah. So why not we, why not, let's look at its manifestations in our lives and start calling them our manifestations. Why do I call a resentment, which is a manifestation of self in my life, mine? I must be identified as self. Why would I be calling something fear that's being generated by looking at life from self-centeredness Mine, why? Why do I keep claiming self's manifestations as my manifestations? I must be in the act of being identified as self or I would see the difference. That's how you do a fearless inventory. A fearless inventory is because you're not looking at you. So you can be, i can do a completely fearless inventory of every one of these squares I'm looking at because it's not me. When it comes to me, there'll be a lot of fucking shit that's you know, oh well, no, rationalized, justified. But I won't do that for you. I won't. I'll be fearless and fucking ruthless when I do your inventory. Exactly. Why not you? Why not apply that to self? Mm-hmm. Do a fearless inventory of self in one's life, not yours, of self. Something's been subdued for 32 years. Something has been very subdued. I'm not doing what I used to do 32 years ago. Not even close. The basis of my life is not even close to what it was 30 years ago. And one supreme difference one supreme difference I've noticed is I've recognized what I'm not masquerading as me all day. I've recognized it from what I am. Yeah. And that's the basis of relief from the bondage of self. So for me, AA is unbelievable because that takeover was one of the nastiest occupations I ever lived through. I mean, I can't believe where I went under the guidance of self. I cannot fucking believe what I did to a lot of people. I cannot believe how I lived. Yeah? To, be, to have that problem not exist for me today is, is worthy of the term solution. Seriously. I mean, really. Really? And I think we can take it a step further, which is the problem doesn't exist as me. Yeah. That's when the experience, the problem doesn't exist for you stabilizes. When you see it doesn't exist as you anymore. It's supply lines have been cut. It's drying up. Yes. I remember I got struck sober It was such a clear line because one minute I was just trying to fucking strategize how I was going to get drugs with no money. And then the next minute for 32 years, I've never thought strongly about drugs or alcohol. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Yeah. And the only way it made it through that first day was I was introduced to AA that night. It would have died on the vine, the surrender, that great turning point with a dive. And I remember I had to wait an hour and a half for someone to pick me up where I was, where I ended up once again, in some fucking trailer with someone I didn't know next to a hang gliding airport in a town I don't remember. Yeah, this poor lady came and picked me up. It took her an hour and a half to get there. In that hour and a half, the alcoholism regrouped, but it didn't have much juice, you know what I mean? So I got in the car, tried to talk her into getting some Coke, you know, let's get some beer, rent a hotel room. Those little adventures hadn't been that satisfying for her. So she said, no, if you want a place to stay tonight, you got to go to an AA meeting. And that was the last hurrah of alcoholism, active alcoholism. It was this last little attempt to fucking use me as transportation. Yeah, but life overrid it. Over she didn't she didn't buy it. I had no money. I had no coke. I had nothing. She took me to my first meeting. And there you go. Yeah. That big big boogeyman is nothing come as soon as the higher power is introduced to the mix. It rolls over like a little dog. Yeah. So, yes. I'm happy to be here. I am so happy to be here. I'm a grateful member of recovery. Uh, We're not talking about the steps or the principles, all of that sound. We're just talking about the the principles and the steps from the exact nature of the wrong, how we see it. That's all we're doing, really. I don't wanna change anything in AA. I just wanna clarify the diagnosis of the exact nature of the wrong. Because if it isn't, you may run into that dilemma of self, trying to get out of self, even in recovery, quite a lot. <laughs> so, awesome. thanks.
0: Yeah.
2: That's
0: it. Thank you. Um, okay, so thank you very much. So it's Q&A time, question time. And Howard from Los Angeles got his hand up. Over to you, mate. Hey,
3: yeah, that was just beautiful. That was so fun. That was just beautiful. I've been having distance from the problem, everything's stabilizing. 30 years later, I didn't think there'd be like another layer of the whole game. It's fascinating. When I, when I change the direction of my conversation to, God, to talk to God about the action figure, I get all new information to me. And then when I read the book and share, the, 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 the read the AA book and, and really see the problem uh, as not me, there's just all this other shit happens. Just so much other stuff. And I finally see that watching that person over there and having my thoughts and then reminding myself, no, it's not happening. It's not happening. It allows me to have a relationship with that person because I'm pushing that person away so much with my, just my thoughts. And when I drop it right away, I, they drop it, and I can we we they all of a sudden they're sitting we're, we're connected, so my relationships are better. Uh, the patience, the the the, and I even see the twelve steps now in just a whole new fashion. So I want to thank you always, you know, as always. And um, I don't know if there's a real question, but just gratitude that that um, I could find another way to turn the camera. 30 years later for the next 30 years of my life. Cause it's, cause it's now it's just a different, even a different game. And if you're struggling out there, wherever you are in the world today, keep coming back. This is the greatest thing in the world. Um, we're going to be in Nicasio the last weekend of July. If you want to come to a party, I'm going to send you the address. So yeah, uh, I just love the sure. pitch. love the pitch, man, and keep going. Don't stop. God bless you.
2: All right, Howard. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Yes. Cheers. Okay, so um, another Howard. Howard Brady
4: from uh, Oklahoma. Over to you, mate.
2: We're only gonna uh, have Howard questions today. I know, I think there's a lot of Howards here. All right. It's Howie day. I'd much rather have a Howard than a Wywood
5: <laughs> Or a Whatwood.
2: A <laughs> Why would they yeah. drive you yeah. crazy. The yeah. Hows are nicer, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Howard, Howard be thy name. Hey. Did did you say just now there is a drag or a resistance to the idea that I am not self and a resistance to letting go and the cherishing of self and for sure.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: Will you talk about that some more?
2: Mm. Well, the system wants to survive. Yet it's in a, it's in a dilemma because it needs you to survive, yeah? Without your light, it can't shine, it can't project its little story. Yes? So it's it it's sort of like two different shows vying for the same audience. Yeah. <laughs> one one promises it's only it's just gonna all it's gonna be all about you <laughs> and the other one puts you in a much more uh right sized position. So it's sort of like do you wanna be in a schlock schlocky B movie or do you wanna be in a Cecil B. DeMille production, basically. Yeah. Well, you hopefully you're sick and tired of starring in your own film <laughs> by now. <laughs> you don't want it to be like Fons in Hawaii, Fons in the Riviera, Fons in Rome. <laughs> it'll, it won't be about Rome and the Riviera, it'll be about Fons, and you're sick of Fons. <laughs> so, yeah. The system is trying to defend itself it needs your light it doesn't have a light of its own obviously it's a it's it's a parasitical nature it has to live off the host and because it's so hostile in this alcoholism is a motherfucker addiction is a motherfucker so for it to keep the host sort of like Uh, passive or submissive it has to have an incredible strategy so it talks to the host yeah as if it's the host (laughs) so it convinces the host Uh to adopt the parasites agenda (laughs) basically so you're really being used for transportation and it can't get to the store (laughs) it can't do the shit it wants to do it needs us yeah we don't need it it needs us completely yeah So, but you would think we would would have the more powerful position, but we're in a state of powerlessness by being identified as it, really, yeah? You know, you ever see those drugs where you're awake, but you can't move, yeah? They can put you something in where you're aware of something that's happening. So what happens is the mental state shows you a tiny mercy you're in that condition, so it doesn't let you be aware of it. <laughs> you're, totally, you're totally taken over, and you're not knowing it, yeah? And then the fear of finding out gets so much, you just keep getting loaded, yeah? Because you believe it's going to be a terrible, a terrible reckoning, so fuck it, yeah? And so again, it's just demonstrating a trust in the finite system, which AA says, perhaps there's a better way losing trust in the finite self and gaining trust in the infinite. Yeah, that's the whole process. Yeah, so yes, the, the system... Uh, <laughs> the system isn't self-contained. It needs us. It needs it, it feeds on us, yes? Yeah. Don't you ever see people... They're sober and they look oh they look pretty good and then one or two days after being taken over they look like a completely different person. I mean something actually changes their facial structure from behind. It's unbelievable yeah I mean shit <laughs> so yes the fight is fight the system is fighting for its life
6: mm-hmm.
2: with our life. That's the weird thing. It Mm. fights for its life with our life, yeah? Yeah. Let the higher power separate the two in a sense so you can see what you're not from what you are. Yeah, please. Okay. It starts simply. Can you look at, if you did an inventory based on I'm going to check out the manifestations of self in my life. And when you wrote down resentment, you would just see resentment. You would see fears. You would see acting out. You wouldn't see it through the the myopic view of my fears, my resentments, my acting out. Yeah, You would just see it as fears, resentments, and acting out. I'm telling you, the relief from fear is unbelievably more available than the relief from your fear. The relief from a resentment is much more available than a relief from your resentment. Your resentments will live for 40, 50 years because they're feeding off of us, yes? A resentment doesn't have that life. The resentment has to be We breathe life into the resentment. Yeah? It doesn't have a life to withstand fucking a day or two. But we breathe life to it. We, without knowing it, are giving life to the manifestations of self in our life by calling them ours. So can you imagine? Look at your same inventory and take the word my out of it and see the difference. It it would be huge. It would. The heaviness of your inventory and an inventory is completely different. Your inventory, I'm never going to share it with another person. An inventory, all right, let me tell you, yeah? Look at these resentments. Oh, there's a pattern there. I tend to have a lot of resentments concerning my opinion on myself, my self-esteem, my pride. Oh, that's pretty good. So that's where the parasite thrives, is in that area. How do I know that? By uh, by its manifestations. So whatever topic in my life has a lot of self's manifestations, that self's, self has an importance to that and it's going to try to manage that more. Now you've recognized it. Yeah? Now you've seen the disease in action. You've seen its priorities. You've seen where it coagulates. You see a lot. Then when you see it doing that, You use step six and seven. You turn that formulation, that construction over to the care of the higher power and the higher power will Mm -hmm. reconfigure the energy and that energy will now be giving you an ease and comfort today, not a fucking enslaved occupation with what's not happening. It's the same energy. If the parasite molds it, you get that product. If the higher power molds it, you get its product. We're not manufacturing our misery. The parasite is using our facility to manufacture misery. Let's get clear. If you're not clear, you know, why would they say the exact nature of the wrong? You can't get to the vague nature of the wrong. We need to get to the exact nature of the wrong, very specific, because in that, it explains everything, yeah? If you see the exact nature of wrong, you'll be able to recognize its wrongs, yeah? If you don't see the exact nature of the wrong, you're going to call its wrongs your wrongs, which is the exact nature of the wrong. Identification. We're not seeing it. Yeah? You'll... We're claiming its wrongs as our wrongs. That's unclarity about the exact nature of the wrong. The exact nature of the wrong is identification with the parasite. So we mistake its manifestations through us as our manifestations. That's an important clarity, I'm serious. If you don't see that, you haven't gotten to the exact nature of the wrong. And you'll be thinking you're producing your own misery and you'll feel terrible about it. And you'll think you're a very bad person. And why the fuck would I do that? And you'll be so confused why you're doing what you're not doing. Because you'll be looking at it from you're the doing of it, yes? Mm -hmm. So you'll be, why the fuck did I do that? Well, maybe you didn't do that, yeah? Maybe that would clear up the confusion. Hmm. Hey, you know, I mean, hey, if you've got the exact nature of the wrong, tell me. I'll go to your web. I'll go to your Zoom. (laughs) And if I hear it and I feel, well, that resonates, I'll fucking listen to you. This is just an invitation. It's an idea. It's an idea. I'm trying to get to gallery. I can't go. All right. It's an idea. That's all. What happened with me. This was all reverse engineered. I did not come up with a philosophy about it. I came up with relief from the problem. And when I had stabilized relief from the problem, it told me about the problem. Yeah, that's what it did. It informed me about what I'm not. So I could recognize it as it constantly attempts to appear as me. Yeah. There's a statement we go over all the time in We Agnostics. It has this whole thing, but it's prefaced with without knowing it. Exactly. Without knowing it, we're identified as the problem. At least I you know, we get it out there. Prove me wrong, prove me right, I don't care. I we just put it out, yeah. And hopefully the shoe will fit for you and you'll start traveling lighter. And that's freaking incredibly attractive, especially in the program of recovery.
0: All right, Great. Okay, thanks for that. That was amazing. Kristen.
7: Hi, Paul. Let
2: me get to you. Hello, I can Hi. hear you.
6: We can hear you.
5: Okay. Um, maybe I have a two part question, but I wanted to know if you would just talk a little bit more
8: about the thief and the policeman.
2: The what?
8: And the policeman.
2: Oh, the thief and the policeman. Yes. Yeah.
8: Can you
1: clarify that a little bit?
2: Yes. All right. So, something happens, and then suddenly you start seeing <laughs> what you used to. You start seeing what you used to look from. Yeah. I'm trying to get this. It's a little bit funky. I can't get the gallery, but. I'll take it off. Hold on. I'll take it off. Oh, no, I'm all right now. You so, sure? Yeah. No. So let's say when I came into recovery, my whole life was based on consequential, yeah? I knew the shit hit the fan after it hit the fan, yeah? Right. I had no idea really. I had a lot of ideas about what was going on, but none of them were clear about what was going on. So basically, I knew I was going to get punched after the punch, yeah? (laughs) Shit like that. So I had no knowledge. And then what happened is in recovery, sort of like Paul as a camera got moved back and I could see that Paul, that self out there, yeah? I could see the Paul running around driven by active alcoholism and addiction. And so I've now seen the thief, yeah? All right, all right, so that's the self. But I'm seeing it from a a position of policeman not knowing that the policeman is also self. Yeah? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, here's a camera and this is what you're looking at life from, very small view. Then recovery, in the beginning of recovery, it opens up and more, now more gets revealed and you see what you were calling you as, you see it as self. Oh, that's alcoholism, that's addiction. So there's a recognition, so suddenly the thief, you finally located the thief, yeah? And yet there's the sense of being the policeman looking at the thief, the policeman is also self, yeah? So the thief, first there's no seeing the thief at all. So then there's there's the camera opens up, you start seeing the thief and then there's a very subtle positioning of you as the policeman that's also the thief yeah yeah see so so paul sees there's paul getting out of paul then paul sees oh paul's getting out of self so now paul is playing the policeman role sees the thief of self but paul is self in a different uniform yeah that's the policeman and the thief. So they both go. Got it. Like when I got sober, the first few years, I was living from the policeman. I didn't trust me as far as I could throw me. I was on my own probation. And this head was critiquing and judging everything I fucking did. And you this and that, right? And I guess it was, had to happen. But after about four or five years, I, I came out of that. And I, and then in hindsight I could see that which was playing the policeman came from the fam, same family of the thief. <laughs> they were all just manifestations of self. Yeah. So the app. Yeah. So more gets revealed. It isn't like more gets revealed. It gets more gets revealed like this. Yeah. There's this there's, there's more. The, the spectrum of seeing grows. And that's why it's like the shit's there, but more gets revealed, yeah? So you, now you see self can't get out of self, yeah? That's the beauty of it. I hope that got clearer to you.
7: Yeah, yeah, it
2: did. Self is the act of identification. There's a page, I think it's around 60 something, where Bill W. describes someone who's using virtue and being kind and it's still self centeredness, it's still self willing. Yeah. So it's not always bad. Someone can be very generous and charitable, but there's a there's an agenda of self. The parasite is thriving off of that behavior. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now you start seeing it. And when you see it in the In the process of AA, you bring it to step six and seven. And after a while, it's like putting out garbage. I don't sit up all night to see if the garbage man's coming. I have faith the garbage man's coming on Wednesday morning. So I put the shit out on Tuesday night and I rest, I sleep well. When I get up, the shit's gone. That's sort of how I see step six and seven. Okay. And then the energy that's been molded by the parasite gets released and it really enriches your day and you feel presence and you're here. I mean, really, pre- you're here, <laughs> completely. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dave, go to
1: okay. the next. Dave Flex, so I'm gonna help out now, Paul. So we'll go over to Luke now, Luke. Well, Hi uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Hi, uh,
5: Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I when I um, when I hear you talking about um, shooting coke, Paul, it, I I never ever hear people in meetings talking about that. And that was my particular uh, dalliance as well, my kind of uh, you know religion. Um, and there was something about doing that that. Um, you know that that kind of tone that comes in the ears and it, it would just shut off the narrative across the board. Now not no other drug did that for me, taken in any any way, apart from uh shooting Coke. And it was um yeah, it was it completely kind of started to take me out of self and then I had to keep shooting more as you describe and then um putting it together with other activities, physical activities, and then just going that bit further to try and uh, get out of um, out of self. Um, it was, um, I was thinking about this just the other day, and it's um, in chapter three, more about alcoholism, it talks about um, the, the mental state that precedes the first drink. And I always used to kind of focus in on that, like thinking, well, what is that mental state? Is it some specific form of mental state, and start kind of fixating on that? But when I, when I kind of put this lens on it um, that, that you provided, it was the entire mental state for me, that, that was uh, preceded shooting cocaine, because when it kind of wore off after about five minutes, you know the mental state came back with a vengeance, like as it does with stimulants back again um so yeah is is that how you see that kind of um the mental state that that precedes
2: yeah see it's like yes so it says the uh, the insanity that precedes the first drink well that Mm. insanity could be 30 years preceding Mm. the first drink (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) and if let's say if you're listening to something all day believing it, and then it, it comes up with, hey, fuck it. Uh, are you apt not to believe that?
5: Mm.
2: Yeah. So basically, if you're listening to it yapping all day, taking it to be true, like the false evidence is appearing true to you, then when it present brings you to its idea of surrender, which is fuck it, you're probably going to go right in. Yeah. There's no defense against that because the mental state has been co-opted. It's totally infected with alcoholism. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So basically, it's always leading us to fuck it. And then fuck it is the point where you're completely malleable to be done to do anything, really. And it will suggest shit. Yeah, you will get up and go out and get loaded after 20 years of sobriety. It can... It's unma- It's unbelievable. But the thing is, what, what do you expect? If you're believing it all day, do you think you're going to have a defense against its fuck it? Of course not. You're going to probably s- swallow that also. And then it's going to compel an action. And that's where you get tattooed in the actions. The self thing doesn't tattoo you. It's when it compels an action. That's when you get consequences. Yeah that are like tattoos, like a two year prison sentence, or you have to go to me, it was a two year program. You get run over by a car while you're loaded. And then for the rest 38 years, you're affected by that every day, your physicality. You know, these things is what it does. It leads us to do something that have consequences. And then we live under the penalty of those consequences. Yeah, so in a way, even when we become free from the bondage of self, its influence or its tattoos are still there. Yeah. So what, you know, to me, I think, you know, the second step is very specific. It's talking about that moment or 30 years that leads to the fuck it, that that allows you to pick up a drink against incredible information that that would not be a wise move, yeah? Yeah. And what is it but faith in what's speaking to us? It has to be. It's faith. We're trusting the finite self when it tells us this is going to suck, it's never going to get better, fuck it, you're never going to be loved, whatever it does, yeah? It presents a lot of false evidence and if you buy it, if you take it to be true, then it gives you the punchline. Ah, uh, let's get loaded or whatever. Yeah. So to me, it's it's constantly, constantly yapping to you because it needs your attention and interest. Yeah. If your attention and interest goes somewhere else, it dries up. Yeah. <laughs> The the pack of its punch is us. We're giving it all the force it has. (laughs) Do you hear when when a newcomer comes to you and talks to you, you see it pretty clearly. They're starting to rationalize something. It's just so obvious. And you basically read the script. But if that script is being read by the parasite with your voice to you, you think it's a novel idea. <laughs> it's sort of, well, that's that's a pretty attractive option. It's insane. Yeah. Hearing the same yapping from another person, you have super clarity, but the same shit heard as you, it's fucking will, it will lead you to fuck it. Yeah, let's get clear about what's happening. Yeah. Do you really think alcoholism has an incredible, I mean, haven't you heard it all before? You meet a new person and they have really no interest in getting sober, but their parents do or whatever. And you could write the script. What's going to happen to that action figure? You can, just, you can just save them 30 years of living. You say, here you go, bro. You know, there, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Yet. When the disease talking to you as you, you uh, I beg to differ. It's not going to go that way. I'm going to be the exception to the rule. Yeah. Three months later, you see him at the, re, the same rehab. <laughs> Get clear what we're dealing with. And then there's a possibility of having a, other, a, a higher power dealing with it. Yeah. Instead of us, because we are, we're outmatched completely <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah, right.
0: Let's go to another. Graham Graham Hi, but thanks does. Hi Paul. Thank you. Thank you for your talk. Um, I I just was just thinking about a, um, uh, if you like a slightly different angle than I I thought of it before about the, the first paragraph of, or the end of the first paragraph of chapter three, you know, the idea that somehow, someday, et cetera, et cetera, uh, in that um, somehow, someday uh, I can, you know, get out of self and that, that's kind of how it seems to be appearing because um, I seem to, you know, uh, <laughs> I seem to be able to <clears throat> take on uh, new information and uh, including, say, the, um, the necessity of, uh, of six and seven when self is continually uh, presenting itself what I'm starting to see now that um, self really likes the idea of uh, <laughs> like taking responsibility for but yeah okay, so it's uh, like a new magic formula e- each time that um, all uh, so you know all I've got to do is um uh, you know ask uh, you know spirit to reconfigure these things but i can see exactly what is happening itself is is trying to do that over and over again and that's been happening say the last uh you know i'm aware of that after listening to what you've been saying and it's 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 maybe along the lines i think last time i asked you a question of just a continual continually seeing that happening
2: um yeah well there'll be less uh yeah there'll be less It will grow less because there'll be lack of interest in it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's been my experience. Yes. So at certain points, it's important for you to see it because it may be uh, masquerading as you and has maybe fifty-one percent of your stock still. Yeah, but when it's down to about twelve percent of your stock, uh, it's really it's really presented with a lack of interest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Okay. yeah. Keep going. So this, you know, recovery progresses also. Mm. It's not only the disease progresses, recovery progresses. But man, it's wonderful that there's a, your aperture is opening up more, yeah? Because that allows more light to go out and more light to come in, really. Now you may not like what you're noticing, but that note, what's being noticed will, will sort of get shrunk and then the light will get larger. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and perhaps that's, yeah, that makes sense. And perhaps that's starting to happen. And I, I can kind of see the, the, the futile kind of, um, uh, I don't know, like um attempt after attempt to, so let's say, you know, stop engaging in a certain behavior that yeah. no matter how hard I try, I will continue to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But see, that will change though. I mean, I had certain stuff when I came in that one of the ways I dealt with it was it was you know, like emotional, uh, real uh, emotional dysfunction. And the way I lived with it was at first when I got sober, I th- I believed, I told myself a story that it was because I did cocaine and drinking and everything. And then I stopped drinking and using, and then it appeared in my life, my sober life. And it was a really, uh, something I would really like to hide from others and shit like that. I made a real ass of myself, usually with significant others. Like, it wouldn't be a casual person, but if I really liked somebody, uh, this, this pattern would show its head and are usually around holidays for some fucking reason. I don't know why. So, and there was a point where I, you know, I even, I never been to therapy except, uh, involuntary therapy. So I even went to therapy concerning it for a few times because I really, and basically all I could do was limit my affairs because, uh, I couldn't practice principle in in this kind of affair. And it was sort of downsizing the possibility in my life. And I had done, I'd written about it, 10 steps everything, Asked That Power. And it was a sort of, um, you know, I was coming to just gradually accept that it was gonna be there the rest of my life. And then around the 11th year of sobriety, it was a New Year's Eve, and I had a, a woman who I was quite, uh, you know, connected to. Let's say, and uh, I could feel this thing starting to arise, which in the past I never even saw it coming. I just, I was, I just was at the effect of its acting out. Now I had some uh, awareness. I saw it coming, and I, I just, I. I asked it to be removed and you know what it did. Yeah. It got, it was removed. It, that energy was reconfigured. I didn't know it at the time. It saved me a huge episode on new year's Eve because it didn't put its foot in its mouth. I didn't say what it wanted me to say. Yeah. And the new year's Eve went pretty well. And then from that time on, I've never had a big explosion of it, yeah? And I saw when it would show up, it had become much weaker, much weaker. And then basically uh, it hasn't really shown its head in years. So if you would have asked me if it was ever gonna go away in my seventh or eighth year, I would have said no, yeah? But it did, yeah, yeah. With the same process of six and seven. It just had, it, you know, it was uh, in, in Hindu psychology, they call them samskaras, deep mental grooves, or let's say a deep emotional groove. And some things uh, take longer than others, yeah, hmm. to get reconfigured and healed, yeah. And uh man, it was, it's been, un, you know, a lot of the gratitude I feel we have as recovery as people in recovery is what's absent in our lives. You know, I am so grateful for a lot of the shit that was reconfigured and removed. So fucking grateful. And that was one of them, man, because it really, I fit my whole life to protect that thing. Yeah. I stayed away from intimate relations. I did a lot of shit to make it okay. It was so totally unokay. but I try to make it okay by limiting my affairs. Uh, and uh, for it to, uh, it was like a giant natural resource that started to be put to good use, you know? It had, it had uh, yeah, that same life-giving water that for years had drowned me. Yeah, now became life giving water, so to speak. It was incredible. In my little theater, it was a huge demonstration of the program. Huge. Yeah, I mean, huge. I mean, I can't really express it because those type of secrets are intimately withheld. You know, you, uh, it's such a thorny thing. You know, and the emotional hangovers that would come after it. I was so, I was totally bushwhacked by emotional hangovers because I would just get loaded out there. Yeah, but to be sober and have this, this thing come through you, almost like a, a demon in a sense, there, and then there would be an acting out and then you would be, oh, you'd be so emotionally hungover for three days. It was unbearable. And mm. so maybe that's how I learned, I don't know, but something mm. changed. So things are not gonna be the way they seem to be now. You're under an incredible influence. It's going to change you. Yeah, it's gonna change all of us. Okay,
1: lovely, thank you. Right. Thanks, Graham. Okay, Paul, oh, we got Maggie now, would like to ask a question.
2: Maggie? Yeah, I see Maggie, I think. Maggie P, yes.
1: Maggie
7: P. Yeah. Got it? Unmuted, you can hear me? Yes. Yeah, I, um, I was uh, youngest of eight. I chose weed instead of alcohol. All my brothers had uh, bands and we had a recording studio, so I watched. I was the witness to all this. So there was too much abuse with alcohol, throwing things at me, and the weed was cool. So age 16 to 29, I did that Um, every night for six hours, no matter what. I was an equestrian. That was my higher power. Um, At 29, my straight sister did an intervention. So I went to Cottonwood in Arizona because I was done. The weed was not working. I just, what's going on? And when I didn't have the weed, I would drink. Um, So I just had this aha revelation about, at the rehab, I was the only one that wouldn't admit to self-loathing. You know, I had been taught when I was young ascending ego, like it's not you, yeah, it's other people. Look at their behavior, perceptions, all this, and they finally in the got the whole whole 50 people together in the cafeteria with the asshole um, counselor to nail me into self-loathing. <laughs> so I finally said it: I hate myself. And at the time, I thought, I'm this beautiful little particle in the universe. I don't know what's going on with me, you know. But at the time, I still didn't own it. And today, it came through that I, I don't hate myself. And, and uh, I've been following for like a month, coming to meetings with you. And it's making sense. I was correct, I don't hate myself. I couldn't figure out what this was that was going on, this dynamic. I hated my behavior, I hated what I had done to myself or you know, to the self, but, so I just wanted to share that. This is like, wow. And now I'm 61 and I have most of eight years sober. The alcohol came on late. <laughs> the, the horses held me through that higher power of horses for 25 years and uh, and then i retired and oops <laughs> so the alcohol got me bad but the yeah the self-loathing thing um i couldn't admit to it and i was kind of right i feel like now i see what you know it wasn't me it was yeah. what you're what you're teaching here is like wow so i just want to thank you yeah and i would like to hear what you feel about self-loathing you know this concept that rehab was trying to get us all into hating ourselves so much that we would turn it over to a higher power
2: yes yeah well thank you maggie yeah yeah Yeah. if i was that uh i had already been convicted in the court of self yeah I was maybe trying to work for a more lenient sentence. That was about the most I could hope for. But when I really saw it, I first got the glimmer of it when, when they described a, uh, alcoholism as a disease. I really got that. And I remembered it was demonstrated when I got a, an amend sort of caught up to me by surprise. And a woman walked into my friend's living room and said hello to me, and I didn't know who she was. And she said my name. And she says, "Paul, do you remember me?" And I said, "No." And she says, "You owe me five hundred dollars." And at that moment, you know, my old behavior—I would have felt, uh, you know, guilty, and then try like defiant. But instead, I really got that I would have, what I did to her, I would have done to anybody. You know, I was living on my my fucking little uh my guile and my little maneuvers and she just fell into my radius so to speak it wasn't personal at all i would have stolen that money from anybody so that disease was the first opening to see alcoholism as not me at least in certain areas and what happened was it led to the exact nature of the wrong which is this parasite in a way that hides under alcoholism in a sense. Alcoholism amplifies it. And basically alcoholism is in a weird way, it's a great gift because it amplifies the parasite so much the host can notice it. Where in a lot of people, the host never notices it. But because the parasite gets so big and grows so influential, it fucking makes mistakes it, we see it, yeah? And then it finally got revealed in 1939 by the big book of, of AA. And from then on, hosts who have a little bit of willingness, or they're just so sick and tired of being sick and tired, can truly find relief from the bondage of self, because we've recognized what it is, yeah? It's not the alcoholism amplified it to really show it. It's not alcoholism. Alcoholism is, is like an additive to the real disease to me, which is this misidentification as, as a self. And uh, We're lucky as hell because we're a very incredible illustration of something that can go on unnoticed for so, so long. But because it got so unruly and so flamboyant, or so depressing, or so inco- incomprehensibly demoralized, it demanded a solution from the universe, I guess, and we got one. Yeah, so it's awesome to me. All right, thanks. Who's uh, um, next?
1: We got Dave L. Oh, Dave L. Yeah. Yeah, Who's thanks. the oh, next one? That's me, Dave man. Elf.
4: Dave. Oh, Dave, how are you? I'm good, man. Good to see you, Paul. Lovely to hear you tonight. Thanks, Thanks for what you shared. Um, so when you were talking about... I was quite interested in that bit about the, the policeman seeing the thief and, and the policeman being self. And, you know, and I get that, that self can't get out of self. And then it seemed to be like, I'm always interested in the solution. I'm, Mr. I'm highly pragmatic, you know? And, um, and I, yeah, and I, I guess you were saying, you know, then it, you know it's 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 the classic A solution. It's the higher power, and then to use steps six and seven, and I'll just you know, and you started um, touching on on that. I, it's just like I just like you know, I kind of like interested in 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 your take on how how you use it. So I mean, obviously in, in the big book, there's the prayer. There's not a lot on six and seven, so I mean, for me, I I I, I use the prayer. You know, I keep it very simple, like step three. I practice step three by saying the step three prayer and I practice step seven by saying the step seven prayer. I mean, other times, you know, in, I've, used, I've sort of used variants of it. Like, for example, during my recovery, I might have got in trouble, like, like in early recovery with acting out inappropriately, as you touched on. Um, and there I might just ask just a more specific prayer, like help me to behave myself in that respect today, Lord, you know, or. I can also be a bit of a greedy, um, greedy bastard at times. Do you know what I mean? I'm, you know, like, like a lot of alcoholics, you know what I mean? I was greedy for drink. I was greedy for drugs. I can be greedy for food, you know, it's like, so I can, you know, I can, I can use the, the the theme of step seven to sort of there to sort of say, you know, help me to eat a bit more sensitive today. Take it, you know, be, 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 be a bit more sensible in that respect. Again, in the spirit of step seven. So it's just, it's just really, I, I just wanted to pick, you know, pick your experience around how you use six and seven, um, you know, in, in a sense that, you know, there is, there is just a prayer, which kind of is a catch all, but just, just, just interested in that really in terms of solution, you know?
2: Well, what it evolved to now was a, like a moment to moment, many moments it doesn't come up, but when something's noticed, either in me or in someone else or at an AA meeting, when someone's talking about alcoholism and a certain aspect of it triggers something in me. So I recognize it. I, that's when I do it. So I bring it up in the moment and I go, because I think uh, the, the closer I get it to when it's coming right out of the oven is the best. Mm. So I catch it. And I asked that power to reconfigure it. Yeah. Because before it takes form, it's, it's just an idea. And then it's starting to fo- get like form, you know, mm. and if you catch it at the idea level, you ask that power, it's going to, it's going to give it a different form. Yeah. than the one, once it's formulated, then it's more, it's a, diff- it's a different beast then, mm. but So I like catching it. It's almost like uh, I want to change a house. Now, if I want to change a house after it's built, it's a lot different than changing the house in the blueprint room. Yeah? Mm -hmm. At the blueprint level, I can change the house. Easy. Mm -hmm. Now I can ask for it to be changed. When it's already been built, the change may seem to take longer, and it may be harder. So that's how I see it, Step six and seven. Now, when I saw it in earlier, I thought it was just going over some of the basic patterns of what was revealed in the fourth and fifth step. But then as time went by, I noticed it's actually the most active steps in my life are six and seven. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah, and what's great is you grow out of it because uh, <laughs> what when more gets revealed uh there's less revealing of the parasite <laughs> yeah so mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: yeah yeah all right thanks for that
1: man
2: yeah yeah bro i'm really happy to see you
1: <clears throat> thank you god bless yeah yeah paul there's no more raised hounds
2: well that's good we can end if you like Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, I just
2: whatever. I just love this platform. Oh. has meant AA means so much to me and uh, you know, just to share on a personal level, I'm very, very fortunate because a lot of people when these ideas start taking hold, the only place they have a chance to share it, maybe at an AA meeting And it may, the receptiveness to it may not be what you think, yeah? So there can be a frustration. But uh, we ran into that, like, in my third year. And luckily, I was able to find platforms where I could speak freely by stating that this isn't an AA meeting. So we've been holding things similar to this for 29 years in recovery. Always prefaced with "This isn't an AA meeting," so that it would cut off that conflict. Of of uh, yeah, mm. you know, because any new idea can be seen as a threat. Yeah, that's the mm. dilemma. So and so, I really feel for people who get in touch with me and they share like their frustration of not being able to express. What's going on with them because it doesn't seem to be welcomed in the mm. only community they know. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I hope uh, by all of us that's going to change. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah.
1: We have time for two more questions, Paul. We have James and Jessica's just messaged. She had a hand up.
2: <laughs> out of it. All right. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> I I was that was my finality. <laughs> We'll okay, over to guys.
1: James. James Braun. Are you there?
2: Who is it, Ron?
1: James Braun.
2: His hey, hand James. James Braun, come in, James. Yeah. There he is. How are you, James? There
9: he is. I'm doing good, man. I mean, I'm lying when I say that because I've had a hell of a time with the old action figure the past few days. And oh. and uh, I had a, a probably a five ten minute window before my granddaughter starts screaming again. <laughs> so I just want to pop on and say hi, but cause I've, I've missed you guys the past couple of nights. Um, and I just, anyway, man, I don't have anything wise to say. I just know that the, that it fluctuates up and down a little bit for me, you know, and uh, I'm so glad that this is a forum where you can talk about this kind of stuff to people in recovery and not stick within the, Boundaries that somehow have evolved because it's helped me so much. And the Zoom sessions, sessions helped me connect with some other guys too, that have, you know, Daz and David and Nick and, and, and Mike and, and the whole gang, you know. So,
8: yeah.
9: anyway, I'm really grateful. But I know that I saw uh, Jessica had a hand up, so I'll shut up and share the time. i going really well, James. <laughs> okay, thanks, James. Good to see, good you, to see you, man. See
1: you. Okay, yeah. Jessica. Want anything to add to that uh should we go to jessica jessica she's there
2: she's just yeah
1: you gotta Mule. unmute it's on Mule, but we can't hear her not yet uh action's quite no we can't okay. hear you. <laughs>
2: No. no audio. <laughs> Maybe push it again. A lower left corner, Jess.
3: Mm.
2: I just thought I heard. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to see you, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come back and uh, have, have your sound on. Yeah. Mm. Or if you can punch it in, like text it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if you can send a message in chat, Jesse, try that? Oh,
2: send a message in chat, yeah.
1: Um.
2: I can hear that. Uh,
1: someone, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. Put a message in chat, um, Jessica. For
2: some reason, yeah.
1: And uh Yeah. So if I could just jump in, Paul, and just ask a a quick question.
2: She oh. says the left audio needs to be put on. Like go to participants. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, her audio is on. She's able to mute and unmute.
2: Uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to speak for Jessica. I have no more questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got Paul. We got Paul for you here. Another Paul.
2: I for realize uh, I am the answer.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Paul? Oh, Paul. All right. One more. Nice Paul, you to see Jessica. We'll see you next time, Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll hear you next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh. Where's the Paul? Yeah.
1: Paul, you raised your hand. I see Can Paul. You...
2: Yeah.
1: Here he yeah. is.
6: Thanks Paul. taking me a long time to ask a question, but just, uh, Listening to your stuff um, and suddenly realizing that I am not that person that I thought I've been for 60 years was a scary place. Because I've identified with that for so long. And if I'm not that, it was scary till I realized that what you said about being in the infinite rather than the finite. Being with the spirit, being with the spirit, with the power, with the energy, with the light, whatever. And I noticed in a question. A couple of weeks ago, you said uh, about the step three prayer. Maybe you've been released from that bondage and you don't know it. Yes. A bondage itself. Yeah. So there's Not nothing to be.
2: You are released from it.
6: Yeah, and maybe released in steps six and seven from some of these defects of character, and maybe through conscious, um, maybe in step eleven without praying particularly or meditating just seeing that i am part of whatever it is being conscious my question to you is throughout my recovery prayer has been very important and you've touched on asking to be reconfigured tonight so prayer has been very important to me but it's almost as though now if it's been done by the grace of god if it's been done do I still need to pray for it? Because I spent hours praying every morning, every evening. and so Yes, on. yes.
2: Isn't well, it? that's uh, for you to find out. Why don't you go for it?
6: I think you say it almost sounds a, a, a bad question to ask, but where does prayer fit into it almost? Like, well, well, that's, that's the
2: thing, you know. That's the thing. There's, again, when when certain things progress like recovery that were certain things that were once essential aren't essential anymore yeah, yeah? it's almost yeah. as if uh the season has changed yes and there's yeah. uh yeah so that's what happens and then uh, like i pray because i go to meetings so i pray twice every meeting but yeah. i don't pray as a, a formality anymore it wasn't any choice I just outgrew it I grew out of it because exactly I believe a present state condition doesn't need to be prayed for yeah yeah so if that's your your observation then those you're gonna be you'll have a little more free time doing something else
6: But the parasite tells me, "Be careful!
2: <laughs> Don't stop praying." Yeah, the parasite <laughs> will tell you a lot of shit. But let's see the results, you know. I mean, yeah. I see this happens. So there was a guy. I he he was. He, I've never forgot him because he got a little too much with the inventories. Like he would inventory everything and. Try to see what was the motivation. And I was tr- sharing with him, you know, to me, as your sponsor, that's just obsession with self. Yeah. Stop fucking writing inventories for a while and enjoy sobriety. Yeah. That's one of the, when do you have that as the appropriate response? Enjoying sobriety. Yeah. The suggestions yeah. don't stay suggestions, they produce effects. Yeah. And those effects produce the anti-condition that caused you to have to pray so much yeah, yeah? so now another condition isn't demanding prayer you're yes. sort of the prayer so to speak yes, yes. you are the prayer so these things happen things grow yeah. you can't keep you know if you want to strangle that tree in that little pot with the same water and the same fucking food you know, you're going to lose anyway. It's going to outgrow the pot. Yeah. Yeah. Things get bigger and uh, and that what, what was appropriate once isn't appropriate now. It's just, that's the way it goes. Yeah. This is the dilemma. This is the rigidity or the, uh, it's like an arthritis of fundamentalism and stuff. Yeah. The the hope for growth gets to a point where it, it suspends growth. It fucking neuters growth, yeah? There's a point where the growth is over and now there's expression of growth. Yeah. There's expression of it. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you keep, you know, obsessing over growth, you won't see how much you've grown, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, it defeats the whole point in my view. Yeah. I don't want to get sober. I am sober.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm sober now. I'm not in the process of becoming sober. I'm sober. I'm of right mind at the moment, at least concerning a lot of topics. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know, our old idea is just that our old idea of us is an old idea of us there, things have changed radically you know what i mean yes <laughs> i don't have to walk in a room and tell on myself immediately you know i may do the, you know, it's just yeah that's the policeman thief bullshit. yeah yeah all right paul
6: thanks, thanks for, 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 for the weeks of this message absolutely well, fantastic i'm not a drunken buddhist now thanks to you <laughs>
2: That's good, bro. Yeah, well, well keep going. We'll keep going until uh, we'll all get tired of us. <laughs> we, got,
1: we got Jessica, she's done an about face, she's been in and out of the room, she's back, Jessica's back. She's gonna try uh with her audio now, she's been out of the room and come back in. Jessica?
2: Oh Jessica, all right. And then
1: that's it. One more shot, that's it then, yeah. Jessica. Try
2: hey Okay. You have a
1: voice. I yes.
8: <laughs> <Dude. laughs> uh, Sorry. Heard it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know how to get the like hand wave thing to work correctly. So sorry about that. Um, so I have forty days today um, of not drinking alcohol. So that's been pretty, um, some like maybe the longest forty days of my life, but not not really. Really, the longest seven days were the first seven days. Those were really long days. Um, And I've followed some of your, I was super lucky to find like to stumble upon your work. Um, So thank you for this platform. Um, And then I like found your non-duality stuff, which I know isn't this exactly. So I won't, I don't want to cross a boundary on what the point of this is. So I won't, um, I'll be careful of that. And I just wanted to say, like, when you were talking about, um, you were talking about in, like, inner personal relationship, right, and having this feeling of possession of, like, old wounding, um, or you said a demon, and I was like, yeah, it's, like, a possession sometimes, um, and I'm thinking about the piece of really working on seeing that, like, my fears aren't, um... Like the fear is this thing, right? And then I make it mine and then that interacts in relationship and gets really messy. Um, And I'm curious, how do you, and you might, it's maybe a different place for it, but like, how do you actually, if the other person, if the other person in your relationship doesn't have that understanding or they're not seeing like seeing it, it's so hard, right? It's, It's almost like, talking to people who can drink normally like and they're like oh well that wasn't a problem for you it's like no it it was it's a problem for me like I can't there's no way that I would have a half a a bottle of wine on my counter because I would drink all of it um it's like a different world um not drinking and then taking on this new understanding of fear and like I don't know I'm probably not being very articulate but it resonated with me the the possession of the wounded self right in relationship to other people and I don't know how many like not just alcoholic hangovers I've had but the emotional hangover too um made a lot of sense um and once you shared something about the like the craftiness of this spore that had figured out how to like infiltrate an ant an ant right no. and like it was that was so such an awesome like one it's a crazy awesome science and like the way that it does work right like that we are the host we can be the host however and we don't have to be right we don't have to be the host and look at where it takes us it takes us to our deathbed right it takes us to a shady spot in the forest where we can die like the little ant does um so thank you for those things and um I'm currently working on that voice that is like, oh, you know, your relationship with alcohol is different now. So maybe, maybe you can drink again. Like it's been 40 days. Like who knows what that would look like. And so it's good to hear like the, still that crafty thing yeah. that's speaking to me as myself and that it's actually not a reasonable, it's not reasonable me. Hey,
2: Jessica. alcohol. Can I share yeah. though? Try it if uh, if you can. I don't know how it's possible with the Zoom, but try okay. to get like a sponsor too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have one. You know, yeah, try yeah, to get we'll, a we'll, sponsor, and because okay. the, the beginning, you know, of sobriety is incredibly important because the mm-hmm. the see the suggestions lead if we take them lead to habits and habits are actions without thoughts. And mm-hmm. if you understand the diagnosis of the problem, the problem resides in the mind, the thoughts, so you don't want the problem to have a lot to say about your solution. And in the beginning, it's the beginning is right action is going to produce the right thinking, yeah? So okay. we take actions, and the actions sort of uh, produce a, a, a habit, of the action figure yes and then Mm -hmm. that action figure uh has a like a soundness for all these other things to occur like later on the effects of the program will be happening with no thought or effort on your part but right Mm -hmm. now this is the biggest time for your role in things is by taking action so i would get a woman you know you can probably we even have people that stay after this and find someone who has some time in the program and share yeah. because non duality, uh, you know. I know a lot of non dualists who are drunk, yeah, because they think they don't really get what alcoholism is an affliction of the brain and the body.
9: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So it's sort of like if I'm awake, if I'm a diabetic and I wake up to spirit does that mean I stop taking insulin? No. Yeah. So the action figure needs to be corrected. And that's the way right. of life of AA. And then the mind that you are behind that can be freed from the fly paper of this situation and really start flying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just please take the suggestions, follow a woman and yeah. lay out, get up get a, a, a daily program and then these ideas will have a fucking place to land on yeah
8: yeah I know yeah. you would said like if you're new don't like there was like a little like warning like this isn't AA's
2: no no so you want to apply the 12 steps which imply action yes I, we lost you a little Jessica you sound the 12 okay. steps imply action yeah Yes, yeah. so we're going uh, yeah. to use, or the higher power is going to use the doer to do itself into another condition. Okay. Yes, and then, yeah. then when that is sound, then other possibilities will really be able to land. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So non-duality isn't a replacement for AA. No. It's a, it, what it is, it's, it's an illuminating of AA. Yeah, it can right. be. So, but first, let's get AA, yeah? Yeah. We want to see yeah. you sober, Jessica.
8: Thanks. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I, you I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks.
2: Yeah. And it's a pleasure. Th- keep coming back, yes? And uh, yeah. we'll see you again.
8: You bet. Thanks.
2: welcome.
1: Hey, Hi, Jessica.
2: Yo. I think we're going to end, as eh? Yeah, okay, man.
1: Thank you so much, man.
2: Oh, uh, Let's say, let's. I just want to see everybody, and I'll say hello to them if I can. All right, we got Dale. Nice to see you, Dale. We got Laura. Nice to see you, Laura. Mickey, as always, a great pleasure. Uh, Jessica, yeah, check out the chat. Maybe someone will get in touch with you. G, nice to see you, G, in silent mode. That's good. <laughs> we dig it. We got Danny. Danny, nice to see you, Danny. The Steps Together Rehab. Where are you guys located? Daz, can you uh, unmute those steps Hi, Yeah, I'm Paul. I'm an alcoholic. Can you hear me? Nice. Where are you? Uh, we're
4: in a place called Nottinghamshire in uh, England.
2: Where Robin Hood's oh, from. Oh, good. Fantastic, man. Yeah, there's about – I've got about –
4: 12 clients sat with me at the moment um all, all hanging on your every word my friend so well done
2: oh thank you that's great man hey listen guys and women uh you're in good hands <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah all right thank, thank you thank thanks you my for, friend thanks for uh, coming and visiting us come keep coming back